Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special Mind Podcast 98.0 on the day of 25th December. Yes, as you all know, this is called Good Governance Day. So I'm kidding. It is. Well, it is called Good Governance Day. It's the birthday because it's the birthday of India's former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee. But it happens to be Christmas as well. So Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. Um, happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Well, I don't. Think today's Hanukkah is it? Like it's this a week. seven day this week, yeah. yeah. yeah, this yeah. Week. So, but yes, it is a greeting in uh, thing. Yes, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Holidays to all our uh, listeners. Seasons greetings. We hope you're having wonderful time, mm. and this is the time to be with the family, enjoy, get rid of politics, except listen to Mind Podcast. That's the only political Absolutely. thing you should do this week with family. With family, you should listen to Mind <laughs> Podcast. Other than that, you should oh, only unlike other podcasts, family. we don't indulge in profanities, so yeah. you can. You, you can happily listen to this with the families but and also um, might I add it's uh, I, I hope that wherever you guys are it's a nice and cold Christmas because this feels like we're in the southern hemisphere yeah. Houston is like nice and warm Christmas but 25th December is a very popular day for birthdays did you know that Nawaz Sharif's birthday mm-hmm. Newton's birthday uh, um, Isaac Newton Mohan. Was, uh, Malvia's birthday Pandit Madan Mohan Malvia's birthday Humphrey Bogart's birthday yeah. lot of famous personalities were born on uh, and Russia's birthday also, right? Because USSR disintegrated. You could say that in a way. The, the new Russia. The new Russia in the sense. Yeah. Well, USSR disintegrated. And today is actually, twenty. if my memory serves me right, 25th December is when Gorbachev resigned. And on 26th December, Russia... Well, so technically it would be, be 26th. Yeah. yeah, but 25th is when he resigned. <coughs> after the coup, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Pramod would remember we were around. Mm-hmm. So no, I was around too, but just not yes. in the state that I would remember. I was... <laughs> So but, but, you were in the cradle, so was Russia. So, yes. <laughs> yes. I so, was a little older than Russia, mind you. So a lot of um, a lot of good things. This uh, And 25th December is a special day. It's uh, Jesus' birthday and a lot of other... According to a majority of the, the but believers. You, then again, you know, a lot of people say that he was born in the spring in Constantine. Uh, there is another thing. thing. I, a I have a friend from who calls himself Eastern Orthodox. Uh, saying they don't celebrate Christmas today. Exactly. They celebrate Christmas so th- that was something. a controversial claim that Dan Brown the, made in the Da Vinci Code as well. Yeah. This was a Roman festival mm. that, that uh, was worshipping uh, the... I wouldn't know. See, I'm a pagan. Right. Well, pe- uh, well this <laughs> Actually, was kind, of, they say kind of your a, festival. No, it, kind they, of they say it's festival. a pagan festival. Right. It is. Yeah. It is. Constantine you know, you, you was. You are a sisterly pagan. I'm a sisterly <laughs> pagan. I like that word, sisterly Not pagan. of the nun variety. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and so, this, this is again... Uh, uh, a day for majority of the Christians uh, to celebrate. They have concurred on this day As to be of uh, some of relevance Christ. and significance. <coughs> I don't think we should uh, deny it. No, no, yeah, no, no absolutely. Of, a lot of my friends celebrate But, but today a majority opinion is also forming uh, in the debate, so mm. I don't think we should, as mind makers, we are very respectful no, this is, of all uh, divinities. It, absolutely, and, um, absolutely, and we should basically talk about and, and, the and, other and, other divine person who is still alive, <laughs> who hasn't uh, made a political. No, that, that is that is part three. Right. That is part right. three. We are right. going to talk about the current news yeah. and first, and then we are talking about there yeah. is a special segment for uh, yeah. Vajpayee, Prime Minister Vajpayee. But I, I'd say one thing, uh, full pun intended. 
uh, if uh, you know there's this whole thing uh, going on right now is what would jesus do mm. what would jesus do if he were alive today i i would certainly think that he would be really unhappy with the way the world has shaped considering how um, you know the war clouds are really uh, looming uh, with uh, the uh, you know incoming president donald trump mm-hmm. his uh, uh, you know almost competing with the existing president there's still two uh, one president that is still at the helm for another one month but the other uh, president elect is competing with uh you know making these statements on nuclear weapons etc etc so jesus would not have been happy with the way the world has jesus, jesus would have been in middle east and he would not have been happy with middle east uh, also anywhere yeah anywhere yeah. because a lot of um people in western hemisphere have trouble believing that jesus was born in uh, middle east and he yeah. lived there but that's how it is well i think we'll, we can talk about yeah, him and buddha the, and the uh, we were yeah. getting to the middle east right. that is a very interesting word yeah. but first let's start with some domestic news yeah. and then we're going to talk about the middle east where i also want to spend a couple of minutes later talking about the the dastardly killing of the russian uh, ambassador. ambassador yes i mean unbelievable and the the, uh, the it, video it, the video was horrifying i mean i i saw it and I, i i was stunned i was just stunned i mean i've never seen anything like this it was in a um, uh, you know uh, art, gallery. art gallery art gallery and, and the entire media was there and, and the chap was the chap his bodyguard or something no, no he, he was, was supposed to be in, he was in some security forces but he had taken off that day hmm. he was in the turkish force hmm. turkish special forces hmm. and he had taken a day off that day but he had the um, <coughs> you know those badges and everything to enter this place hmm. and to be that close and shoot him Ge- at point blank range generally the way i know how diplomatic security works any diplomat is protected by what is called as dss or diplomatic security services of any of the country's uh, military forces generally the russians would be providing the inner ring of security followed by the outer ring by the uh, uh, turkish, turkish special forces then the third ring by the turkish police there is usually yeah. three rings how he got so close, close. what will this inv- investigation lead to because if you remember just the other day there was a summit between turkey russia and iran there is yeah. there was a summit there has been lot of reconciliation happening between turkey and russia because uh, in between almost for 5 to 6 months erdogan mm-hmm. had started going away from russia yeah. he had started berating uh, putin and actually there was a lot of turkish investments in southern russia that was being withdrawn yeah. and lot of that was happening and this summit uh, that whole process was leading up to this summit which the russian ambassador <coughs> had overseen and him not being in picture and the world is not talking about it is kind of very strange i'm a little um, surprised that putin hasn't reacted the way i thought he would react exactly. and Erdogan you know what he said he said he did not blame it on uh, this thing he blamed it on the guy who is in united states the current right. forces and all those uh, things he is not blaming and the guy his... shouted slogans and stuff like that he, and apparently he had gone to a school by uh, gulkan uh, this is yeah. the person who is in philadelphia yes. gulen so, you mean gulen. yeah yeah yes. so th- this uh, this whole controversy seems a little bit uh, surreal because yeah. uh, see erdogan is none of these guys are good guys you know yeah. as they say in the film is this a yeah. good guy or a bad guy none of these good guys are good guys yeah. neither is erdogan nor is um, oh, so, uh, putin yeah. but uh, erdogan's problem is huge 
key if you if you really do and this is not going to be a segment about Erdogan but I do want to say for 10 seconds that he is a megalomaniac who is just devoted to the idea of oh creating or the you know, resurrecting Ottoman. the old Ottoman Empire so whatever um, Kemal Ataturk did he is trying to negate all that no, no, so not just that so you Turkey as a modern uh-huh. um, Islamic country it doesn't exist anymore. No, no, and you have to see a lot of these scholars or like, scholars or people like Reza Aslan and stuff like that. Do they talk about the freedom of expression in Turkey and how, how many people have been jailed? Yeah. Oh, see, I, when, I, when, I, when they give examples of Indonesia and stuff like that, they forget that Turkey right now, which was supposed to be this uh, in modern, the, Islamic. Yeah, modern Islamic country, the freedom of expression, Erdogan has clamped, clamped down on dissent like anything. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's very kind of touchy, uh, feely world politics right now with yeah. the United Nations uh, vote against Israel also. Uh, who yeah. doesn't want Russia and Turkey to get back together uh, along with Iran? Are there countries that don't want that access to form yeah. the Turkey, Russian, the old uh, Iranian, Turkish and Ira- uh, uh, Russian uh, axis that basically is the uh, <coughs> that envelops yeah. Middle East from the north? So is that In case our listeners are wondering, this went on from 2 to 20 minutes discussion on the, on the Turkey thing. But we are going to talk about... Because Turkey thing. and Israel... No, no, I, know, no, no. I just wanted to give... Because yeah. we said that we are going to talk yeah. about domestic politics. We'll wrap up this and then we'll go to domestic uh, politics of yeah. India. We do want to say the UN vote that you were talking about. I do want to tell the listeners that this is the first time... Well, the whole world was used to it and this was a bipartisan policy in United States that um, America will always have Turkey's back at UN. Always. Turkey? And this is, uh, sorry, Israel's. at Israel's back at um, maybe, 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 maybe Sunanda might is on and to something. And also Turkey. She, she's, she's right on because both. No, no, I, that's why I'm saying. No, but the changing, changing strategy. Yeah, NATO allied. But we'll have always <laughs> at UN, UN, um, yeah. uh, US hmm. w- was known to veto the hmm. all the resolutions against Israel. Hmm. Well, this is the first time and it's I'm being told that it has come straight from the White House. This is the first time that they have abstained with the result the UN passed the resolution against the settlements so this is something which is uh, I mean Benjamin Netanyahu was furious so was a lot of Israeli press they blamed um, Obama. Obama directly and um, president-elect um, you know Trump said he Trump, was Trump said well things are going to well, be different at UN after uh, no, but irrespective of what the United States did and I have been personally always stating that for us people uh, anywhere in the world as Hindus, the only f- three friends that w- have stood with us <coughs> to, through time and time again are Israel, Japan and Russia. If we do not, uh, you know, we are not indebted to these three countries and to certain extent France as hmm. well. These four countries have stood with us through a lot of historical Can I ask you something? And India stands to lose if it becomes ambivalent in this in in spite of that in spite of that why have successive congress governments in india not done anything to advance the indo-israel relations that is because their vote bank was muslim that is no, but, the only, but only isn't it isn't it silly if you if we are saying that if india the the quote-unquote indian muslim does not think the same way as the muslims of the middle east and and then, then shouldn't it be that they should view israel differently as well no. 
No, it's not so that, that the Indian Muslims point. oppose this or... Uh, that's that, not the point. I don't think Indian the, Muslims do. The Indian National Congress was playing two sides of this story. One is to tell the the Islamic world also because we were and, and continue to be dependent on the Middle East oil. There's no question about it. Yeah. So when you oppose Israel openly, but you are in bed with them uh, yeah. silently, that is what, mm. you know, it's, it's called. Yeah, Israel is called the mistress of India and, uh, mm. you know, in open, uh, it's an open secret. Mm. That uh, uh, They were playing both ways. One, get the oil from the Middle East, keep mm. the OIC happy, mm. keep the Muslim so-called hotheads happy in India, mm. not the regular uh, yeah. joke. You know, but at the same time, Narsimara did lot of things to bring this. Uh, so, but I have to tell you this. No, I have to. So, and then no, 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 of, even no, 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 I, no of course. But I have to tell you this: yeah. that no, I know a lot of Muslims, or and all the Muslims I know, they would not uh, oppose India having a great relationship with Israel. But the Rajiv, but whatever Rajiv Gandhi did, his good friends in the AI, uh, that All India Person Muslim Law Board, the Hotheads Conservative, I don't know if they stand on the same page because they are anyway stuck in the past that, again that is where Rajiv Gandhi made that miscalculation time and time again you call uh, him an uh, expert manipulator gone wrong right mm, that's what mm, everything mm, every mm, time mm. he tries to, to do something, something he tries to uh, 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 you know get the Ram Janma Bhumi mm. uh, locks opened which led to Atal Bihari Vajpayee's rise and, and all that kind of stuff so I think uh, Israel needs India's support as a Hindu I will stand firmly with Israel mm. till the last day I live yeah so for the first time in 36 years, the resolution was passed against Israel in the United Nations. Does this show the um, the weakening of Israel lobby in United States? This or is this a move from of the present government um, uh, present? And I, the reason I use Israeli lobby is there was a, as you said, bipartisan support, mm -hmm. right? So there was I call it an Israel lobby where where usually there was favoritism towards Israel. Mm -hmm. So or was it just this government, this democratic? No, Obama vetoed his own government. No, Obama did not veto his own government. Yes, Obama went against. You the would like to believe that, yeah. or maybe the Democrats are going the other way. They are not. No. How, how, how can you be so sure? Because they're not. There is bipartisan the, no, the, the, I haven't uh, seen any Democrat uh, coming out openly in support of. The, the, no, no. The, why can't they criticize? Why can't they criticize Obama? Democrats, because Obama is a lame duck president. They can criticize him. See, the bipartisan I support I also is to the two-nation uh, okay. concept, also, See, which is what Obama is in. No, no. But let me give you a counter view. So, he said. No, no. He said that <laughs> settlements go against two-nation theory they threaten two-nation theory yeah. that and is that what is they said they that's what to. samantha Powers said in un and that is why they uh, but, did so that. but my point is that un is not a forum for this but sunanda let me well un is not a forum for kashmir either Exactly. Which is yeah. what she has been saying. No, 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 I agree. The United know. Nations could not prevent what's happening in Syria. Hmm. They strut around the world you with the money from the United and States. And they come around <coughs> for only uh, no, democracy. No, we all agree on this. Uh, no, let me give you a counter view. I think there are some Democrats who agree with Obama's view. Okay, but they are not coming out for the same reason because they don't want the support they have from the Israeli lobby to go away. Yeah. So I don't agree that there is as much of a bipartisan support as it was probably 20 years ago. It's you not. could be right. You could be the right. The Democratic but, Party has changed significantly. But an American presidency is an extension of your country's larger political goals as well. Not and anymore. at this time, at this time, by abstaining, the United States really did a big mistake. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you why. There is an incoming president who is very pro-Israel. Mm. Correct? So there is there are chances where the United States 
could have at least been seen as rallying others which has never happened before the united states virtually withdrew yes. it's almost uh, like saying ki mera kuch fark nahi padne wala i don't care so that, that that's what i'm is what no, benjamin that, yeah no no, no, no. Yeah, so yeah, that's what i'm coming towards i i don't think it was a smart move as well from us but uh, what obama's policy on israel is on israel that's trump's policy on a lot of other countries in the middle east keeping it more insular ki hame fark nahi padta But Israel is not the same. I am coming to Israel for is the Obama, 51st for, state of the United States. Yes, but maybe not for President Obama. Yes. That or or for many in the Democratic Party. See, United States is a country divided right now. In on six in the sixties, in the seventies, in the eighties, there were probably fifteen core issues where there was complete coherence between the Democrats and the Republicans. Right. That the last Congress that we've seen, the last two Congresses, are two of the most bitterly divided Congresses. All I in have to say US. is that if uh, Democrats are led by President Obama and their uh, president, their uh, DNC chairman is now going to be Keith Ellison, which I have, which is what I was indicating. Then I don't know what. What, what are the views that Keith, Keith Ellison? What do you think Keith Ellison? view would be on obama's thing uh, there probably is unison as far as this voting is concerned <laughs> but i think if he was really truly considering himself to be statesmanly and representing the united states rather than a partisan a viewpoint of an up, uh, up and coming uh, democratic party leader he should have consulted with trump just on this one thing because there is yeah. a team that there is, is being assembled there is continuity now they have to face <laughs> the consequences but who is going to face <coughs> consequences mm. again by the time another vote shows up at the time the united states mm. starts rallying its support for israel it is long long that this is for the record that the united no, states so, so, ditched israel in the time israel needed it the no, most so, so that's what i'm saying i agree with both of your points of view about that us this move by united states is a stupid move but where i have a slight disagreement is that you're saying that apart from obama the other democrats don't agree with him and i don't think that is the case that is why i consider democrats the united, Demo- united states as a confused christian country no no but that's what they- i'm coming to democrats in the house and in the senate are going further and further towards the left yeah there was a and republicans are going further towards the right until yeah. there isn't a strong center in us which was the backbone of the us in the 60s 70s 80s the yeah. next four years are going to be some of the most polarizing years that US, united states has seen since the, the 60s the problem is obama all presidents they come to the center once they are elected yeah. they campaign from whatever either from the right or from the left and then they come to the center obama after he was after he won the election went left there is no question about that but when you say about and what i don't agree with you on the democrat um, uh, this thing is that democrat party is not just keith ellison and um, this thing there is a whole democratic vote out there demographic um, uh, the demographics of um, uh, democrats hmm. right now they don't agree with what they what obama did the demographics when, no i'm saying look at the congressman see we only look at the leadership of democrats in dc you have to look at the congressman that is elected from texas from california yeah. from the are they moving for are they further left than what the democrats were 8 years ago yes i think i, know, they I don't are. think so uh, and yeah. and also uh, the so. united states famed uh, skunk works teams that were part of every deep state organization administration that existed has stopped functioning its uh, uh, you know antenna for long term roles now for example Uh, there is always in international diplomacy also a, a term called a starter and a finisher you start something you finish uh, something the united states started this process of dethroning bashar al assad mm. they failed terribly failed now assad has consolidated 
to the extent that Aleppo has fallen back fallen into back Assad's hand and he will consolidate his forces. <coughs> he will become very strong. He'll probably become one of the strongest leaders in the Middle East now that Saddam Hussein isn't there. Yeah. There's no singular head from Saudi Arabia. He's a young king, uh, you know, relatively young in power. Uh, uh, Assad, Bashar uh, The king of Saudi Arabia. No, no. I'm, I'm saying uh, young in terms of the... Uh, achha, the no, no. He's talking about King Salman. 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 Okay. Sal- Salman's reign, reign has only Not started Not the Indian actor, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, Assad is primed and that is why Turkey, Syria, uh, uh, Iran and Russia have decided to back Syria. And this is where Israel is feeling uncomfortable right now, is there is another strong man that has been resurrected mm-hmm. and has risen from the ashes and he is going to uh, vent his ire on Israel. The Which only is why Obama he, should not have done should, this. Exactly. That is why... Because, that, remember if you see, you don't look at the small thing. When you look at dharma in the big context... Exactly. You look at dharma in the big context. You don't look at the small they, victory they, there. They screwed up Vietnam. They screwed up Korea. They withdrew without investing substantially. They screwed up Syria. The only long-term war that they persisted with and won was the Cold War. Yeah. Because they fought it for 45 years. Yeah. Look at every other single the only small reason, war. The only reason they lost, um, and we will come to that because that's what I wanted to talk about. The only reason they lo- uh, they won Cold War is not because of America completely. It's because of Gorbachev, Glasnost and Perestroika. And I, I agree with you. There was a mm-hmm. able ally, a very strong liberal progressive man who is Glasnost and Perestroika. I still remember those two names. Yes. Those two philosophies Philosoph- that he had in- instilled. He introduced themselves he wanted- and... You, you, Soviet society was not ready for and it. And for it the first time, he negotiated with uh, Ronald Reagan for the reduction of nuclear weapons, which Donald Trump is looking to overturn right now. Yes. Interesting you know, so, stuff. So uh, again, is, but again, the bottom line is the US of the 1980s is not the same right now. I know. And the, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm telling Suranda again. The, no, no, no. The Senate and the Congress is not the same. There is no longer that support. For and which is policies. why, which is why I think India should swoop is Israel and form and a natural alliance with Israel. Let, let, if Israel feels uh, but, really uh, uh, orphaned right now, I think it is, but promote, it is time to, to unveil to, to the world what kind of relationship uh, Hindus and Jews have been I, having I, for so long a year under the wraps uh, and under the uh, hmm. cover of darkness. If Israel wants to establish its uh, kind of uh, protectorate in the Indian Ocean. India should facilitate that. Two two points after this though. For the first time in almost 70 odd years, you have a Congress, Senate and a President all by the Republican Party. So, if if there is certainly a swing towards the right, you should see a massive uh, change in US policy towards Israel. That's where Rex Tillerson comes in as the Secretary of State because no one knows what he brings to the table. He is from the private sector. And another interesting point. The successor of Samantha Powell to UN is Nikki Haley. Yeah. yeah. So you have to see what Nikki Haley stands is also. Right. The reason why I brought Nikki Haley in because the senator of the state that she is the governor of, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, was the most vocal critic of President Obama's uh, mm-hmm. abstention of the Israel vote. And that's why this Nikki so Haley thing. That's why the state. yeah yeah so. These are some interesting things which are in the in the act. And uh, Trump, I don't I don't know if Donald Trump himself is going to be making this policy of this, or is it just the State Department that's going to take control of the Israel policy? That's Trump something. has already said what he's going to do. The minute he said that um, things will be, things different, will be different on June twenty, I mean January twentieth, he already last, indicated last that thing, he's going to last thing, Sunanda, Do you think the State Department led by John Kerry is on the same page as Obama 
about yes. the Israel vote? Oh, they're uh, all absolutely. John Kerry is the worst Secretary of State America has ever so seen. So then, then you are pretty much reiterating my point. John Kerry, Obama, Keith Ellison. But that is just the elite of Democrat no, no, no. elites. I'm no, never right. talking about Are them. I, I'm You're talking about the voters. I'm talking ah. about the voters. What I'm saying, I'm talking about the Democrat congressman. I'm talking about the Democratic the lawmakers. Minute, the minute this vote was done, I tweeted. I said, this will not go down well. I, I know Democratic. States. I'm not going to take names, but I know Democrat lawmakers or I, I mean, I don't know them personally. I know of them, have heard them at forums in different states who are going to be happy with this decision but the kerry ketchup is part of the overall ecosystem huh. yeah. you know you know what i mean kerry yeah. ketchup is yeah. you know yeah. Huh. Yeah. so anyways uh, we'll take till yeah. this we are completely out of time uh, we're going to talk, talk about indian domestic policies for like 5 minutes and then jump on vajpai uh, we and probably a little bit about the gorbachev as well because completely out of time on this segment before we get to our uh, next topic um, I do want to say that this is Mindmakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the Mindmakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashisht, which is me. Then uh, coming to from from a serious discussion, let's come to a hilarious one. <laughs> and uh, Narendra Modi was talking about a packet. Uh, which packet was it? Papu there are three packet. options: Rahul Gandhi, Rahul Gandhi, and Rahul Gandhi. Packet. <laughs> I mean, uh, he put him down uh, in that speech in Varanasi like only he can. कि मैंने युवा नेता को देखा था जो आके चिल्ला रहे थे. Rahul Gandhi was going to get an earthquake. Um, I don't know what earth was he going to quake, but uh, I, I don't think anything should. No, but he is so. I don't know what to. I don't know who is advising Rahul Gandhi. He came up with this thing about this earthquake. आ जाएगा if I talk yeah. about personal corruption of Narendra Modi. He comes up with these papers that are rehashed from Prashant Bhushan, those Sahara papers. What um, Supreme Court has already said that you know this is garbage. So that's not even a point. But forget about that. Opposition को तो करना ही होता है. Sheila Dixit is implicated in that, and Sheila Dixit today said that this is hogwash. Sheila Dixit is their uh, chief ministerial candidate. Candidate in UP? Are you trying to undermine your own candidate? What is wrong with you? And uh, maybe Rahul Gandhi wants to join Swaraj Abhiyan with Prashant Bhushan and Yogendra Yadav as their prime ministerial candidate after Congress Mukt Bharat. Ah, uh -huh. even Rahul Gandhi is fighting for Congress Mukt Bharat. <laughs> that is that is a running joke. Look, yeah. I think uh, it's it just goes to show that money and resources doesn't buy you intelligence. It just it's not there yeah. for for whatever it is worth. Rahul Gandhi is barking up. All the wrong issues. Wrong. There are many issues, like last time also you we were saying. Are, Whether it is demonetization. Issues where if he wanted, he could put the government on the map. Political funding. Yeah. BJP is no saint. At the same time, what has he done when his party was in power and yeah. he was de facto number three after his mother, after uh, you know probably even Pranab Mukherjee? He was certainly had lot of yeah, power yeah, in yeah, the yeah. party. What was what was he doing? <coughs> he has no right credibility to talk about. President. Yeah. Uh, and de facto president, you yeah. know, they they have given him enough decision making uh, authority. Rahul Gandhi is somebody is like a never growing, a never grown kid. You know, he keeps yeah. uh, sending this uh, editorial uh, one one liners that you know Rahul oh, Gandhi is bad. Rahul Gandhi is. I I did say that um, you know. Mr. Modi's personal credibility is so high yeah. that anyone who is advising Rahul Gandhi to attack him personally is a fool. 
because that is not the way to get at Modi. That will only strengthen him further. No, and, and then the he funny, needs to find issues if he really wants to. Then the, the funniest thing is after since Modi has spoken that, ek hi line boli hai. He has tried to respond in with Ghalib, with Bashir Badar, and then with a couple of B grade Hindi movie dialogues also. No, because he said, and uh, the entire first post had a um, you know. Uh, Entire piece, yeah. and the title of that was that uh, <coughs> Rahul Gandhi has really come of age because he's now voting. That Sharma Khalid. chap wrote this, yeah. na? Because that, he he finds Rahul Gandhi coming of age very every, very frequently. Every two months. Huh. Every two months he's coming of age, and uh, because he quoted Ghalib couplet, that was just humongous. Yeah, yeah I think Rahul Gandhi is somebody who, uh, after Jawaharlal Nehru, uh, Motilal, and all the way down to. Uh, his uh, stature it is it's just a, such a uh, erosion, complete yeah, erosion, chaos right now complete at the family yeah. family level. I don't think there is a comeback for that party and the family. No, no, they just are there. relegated to also rants and for they are called one hit wonders. You know, they had their chance. No, but what was Rahul Gandhi's hit? I think the UP uh, when he got those uh, twenty, you know, he did not get those twenty-one, not get 21 seats. Right. Because then, if he got those twenty-one seats when he campaigned in two thousand, and that was long time ago. Two thousand nine. No, two thousand nine. What they were touting. But when world. he campaigned in two thousand twelve, they should have gone from. They should. They should have at least repeated that. No, but in the end, they got twenty-eight seats in the Vidhan yeah, Sabha. Yeah. And, and Congress is on the decline, and it has been on the decline. The first, yeah. um, uh, you know, nail in the coffin was by Atal Bihari Vajpayee, right. and the second nail, and it's always a relay race. Uh -huh. So what Vajpayee started, um, you know, yeah. uh, Modi picked up. Could Modi have been this strong without Vajpayee? We've often talked about it that Vajpayee, you know, made way, paved way yeah. for. A Modi-like figure to emerge. There's no question. You have to give credit to Vajpayee and Advani for what. But let Modi me ask you today. something. Let me ask you something. And and this is what we are going to cover in the next segment uh, about Vajpayee. Uh, that did a Modi-like figure come because of Vajpayee of 2004 or because of Manmohan Singh from 2004 to 2014? And that is an important question that no. we have to ask ourselves. Both. Both. If it was not for Vajpayee, it yes. was not for Advani, he would not have been made the chief minister at all. Exactly. Without being the chief minister, he would have been one of the general secretaries on deputation from Sangh to be. That is separate. Without, uh, without Advani and... The talent uh, identification are there. No, 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 and no, no, without no, Advani no. and uh, you are Vajpayee, no, no, my point. without Advani and Vajpayee, BJP would not have been palatable to India. Exactly. Forget about anything else. Of course. You forget that pre-Vajpayee Vajpayee Let's keep years, this discussion in the Vajpayee yes, segment. An alternate Congress was not even an option. Yeah. And, and, to, and, and, and then again, this, this, also, this is also a debate that will always happen because you both have grown up in an era where Congress was the de facto number one party. And I have grown up in an era when BJP was the de facto number one party. Where, two, where 2004 was a surprise. For you guys, 1996 was a surprise. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And no, no, no. And, and that is the difference in perspective because when you start looking at Vajpayee as the threshold and then uh, then yeah. rather than looking at uh, the predecessors because yeah. even if, as much of uh, uh, historical understanding as you may get, it's always at what you see in the present that forms your opinion. And coming of age of Vajpayee also started in the 1991-92 time frame. Exactly. I remember vividly when I started going to Shaka's in 91. Yeah, this was 25 we, we years ago. We have, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I know, no, no. We have to talk it all in the Vajpayee segment. Otherwise, this is also going to be from right. 2 minutes to 20 minutes. Support for this segment <coughs> comes from an anonymous, ardent admirer of former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee. Thank you for your support. 
So this segment, especially on 25th, 25th December, was designed to talk about the legacy in the times of former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee. Uh, there is a piece on Mind Makers, which has been tweeted and put up on Facebook, uh, which is talks about his legacy and so forth. Um, what we are going to be discussing or ha having a discussion on is what he stood for, what was his legacy. He read a very uh, positive and a credible, uh, for the first non-Congress government uh, became the Prime Minister of India three times, uh, once for 13 days in 1996. Uh, the second for 13 months? 13 months and the third time for about five years. Uh, and he also remained the caretaker Prime Minister for six months during the Kargil War between the two from 98 to 99, the transition period. So, almost so six and if, half if, yeah, effectively 98 to 2004, six years, he was the Prime Minister of India. Um, his legacy was has of course been the uh, uh, Pokhran uh, tests that were done in 1998. Uh, the Pokhran 2.0. 2.0. The strong economic reforms that there were ushered in from the uh, from the finance ministry at that time. Uh, very significant foreign policy um, developments. Uh, most remarkably being a strengthening of the Indo-Israel relationship, where Prime Minister Ariel Sharon of Israel uh, visited, and I think uh, the Prime Minister of India also visited Israel, if I'm not mistaken, the, for the first time, right? Yes. And um, and various other things. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, there were also some setbacks of the government, uh, Kandhar being are. one of them, IC814. Uh, the Kargil uh, war was a success of the um, Indian army, but you know, what Operation, Parakram, op op Operation wasn't. Parakram wasn't. So things like that. So we are going to be discussing and, and the political legacy of Vajpayee mm -hmm. and also, you know, his wonderful oratorial skills. And we, we uh, Sunanda, we, we will of course end with our recommendations, but we have to end with a couplet of Vajpayee. Absolutely. Today. But I will tell you what Vajpayee means to me, uh, because this was the first time we were seeing a credible, and I speak for Pramodji as well, um, a credible non-Congress uh, stalwart who was able to give a five-year-long stable government. That was a huge time. You have to understand what was going on. Before that, you know, uh, with a bunch of prime ministers coming, uh, <laughs> saying with um, actually after VP Singh, from VP Singh to uh, Narsimha Rao, yeah. there was so much, so much confusion that India went through. I remember, you know, you used to wake up in the morning and used to think that has Janta Dal, um, you know, split into another two, and who is coming out? You know, there was a lot of confusion. India went through a lot of, um, let's say, growing up pains around uh, that time. And then, of course, Narsimha Rao gave a stable government, a minority stable government. And then Vajpayee, who, and we have often talked about this, how Narsimha Rao and Vajpayee, even though they came from two different parties and two different ideologies, but they also were like, a, you know, that rally race. They also played a rally race. And this is now a well-known fact. And, and can I add something here? Narsimha Rao, although ran a minority government for five years, even that wasn't without allegations because you had the JMM MP things. The Jharkhand Mukti Morcha thing, yeah, which were no, yeah. no, no. What I'm saying is, in spite of that, from 1999 to 2004, Vajpayee led, uh, led a far uh, stable government with 60, government. 62 MPs less than Congress. Yes, 
and a cleaner, much cleaner. Uh, he had two forty four or something, Narasimha Rao, and Vajpayee had one eighty two. So and so a much cleaner. That is significant Vajpayee, Vajpayee also. Vajpayee ran a much cleaner government. But I was I was going to tell you what it means to my generation. Mm. For the first time, it was an alternative. We had an alternative. That here is a man who was given an alternative, and then suddenly there was a man who was talking about your civilizational past, and there was suddenly a man who was talking about who we were. Yeah. There was suddenly a man, and then he was not. Uh, he was talking about all those things, yet he was not imprisoned by our fab. He was at the same time reforming telecom. He was at the same time doing all other reforms, disinvestments. He was making sure <laughs> that the phone was in everybody's hand, and this was the first time. And now it seems for other your generation, it seems so easy to be talking about. Oh, this is our civilizational past, and we can connect it to the future and India. For our generation, it was very difficult. For people who had been fed on Romila Thapar diet of history books, it was very difficult for someone to imagine that we could be proud of who we were. Hmm. This was the first time that what Vajpayee's strongest, and he has his flaws like every human being has. No one is perfect. Vajpayee wasn't perfect either. But his biggest success story will be making every Indian proud. Will be making every Indian. Say with pride, yes, we are Indians. And, and that also, the all of his and that did not happen before. <coughs> all of his, no, I don't all of so. his projects, After all of his. Pro do you think during the 1971 war, when India beat Pakistan or Bangladesh was born, no Indian could say it proudly when Indira was no, the prime no, minister? No, that's not. That's different. That is being proud of our military might. Of course, we were proud no, of our military as might a as a civilization, as someone who there, there, you know, we there was no. It, you know, nothing had divided us from the past. Ta talking, it, it, uh, talking in Hindi at the United Nations yes. General Assembly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the schemes that had subtle Hindutva. He was suddenly, if you call uh, Prime Minister Narsimhara as the father of economic liberalization and reform, hmm. you can call Atal Bihari Vajpayee the grand uncle of uh, economic liberalization. Also, yes. because the policy of continuity. From Rao and improvement continued on. And he, no, no, I, I, I have to admit there are four important parts of Vajpayee's reform legacy. One is power sector, which initially under Suresh Prabhu, and before him, uh, I think PR Kumar Mangalam was the power minister. Then there was uh, the telecom, telecom sector and disinvestment, uh, uh, led by a certain man who might not be the in the most favorite of this. Mr. Shauri. Uh, Mr. Shauri. Uh, then there was the highways. Uh, led under General B.C. Khanduri, who was not just that the Prime Minister Gram Sadak Yojana also. also no, no. I, so I'm talking about B.C. Uh, Khanduri was the surface yes. development. Yes. If I was to say, <coughs> on which Nitin Gadkari is building, uh, doing great progress. Right. And uh, the the fourth one was the 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 gains made in the economic and foreign policy job creation. You, job, the highest because job India creation. was growing at I think 8% in 2003. You forget telecom revolution. No, no, so I'm including that as a part of it. Yeah. I, I thought I mentioned telecom no, and disinvestment. Okay. You didn't. Then, uh, so telecom re uh, revolution was a huge thing. I mean, we are seeing that if Modi is able to do cash, uh, less cash or cashless economy today, it is because of the telecom revolution that were initiated by Vajpayee. These are the four important things I think from the Vajpayee. That's where I disagree with uh, Tavleen Singh when her assessment is in her book or something she said that you did Pokhran and stuff like that but Vajpayee didn't do a whole lot in removing the <coughs> congressization yeah. I think the whole congressization congress mindset was 
to grow at a certain rate you know uh, that social just social socialize socialism um uh, ye uh, india cannot go at certain level ke are hum yahan to pahunche that myth was busted let me explain to you when you said that no do you think india indians were not proud of uh, in 1971 war or so? yes we were proud but you know there had been a certain with this socialism that had been uh, saying we had india had become a very it was a poverty stricken nation with the result we had never thought that we will ever be on the global high table where we will be making decisions on a global level that is different so that 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 is taking pride in being an indian of on course, a global absolutely. level absolutely that, that is a different no 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 that is a different wo that is because when india when you say that were we not proud of being indian in 1971 that is patriotism of course we were patriotic india we have always been patriotic no. but being proud when i say being proud it meant that we for the first yeah, time that, felt that, that we could yeah, have what, a place yeah, on a global that, table so that is a different thing that That's you ha I mean. ah, you then then every indian thought that india could progress just in way a western country would yes. and say it uh, and, and say, say it say it. See, yeah, saying is different adit see our generation we saw the collapse of uh, Uh, Soviet the Union. Soviet Union huh. and then in India the fall of uh, the Babri Masjid led to a uh, pent up anger and frustration in the Indian again civilizational trauma that we had suffered to basically get it unshackled and say proudly that I am a Hindu I will continue to practice Hinduism I will not bow down to any threat of Islamic jihad or missionary zeal and that is what Vajpayee enabled somebody like Absolutely. me at the world stage talking to you from Houston to say proudly that I am a Hindu because of the confidence that PV Narasimha Rao and Vajpayee both I am not giving credit only to Vajpayee here yeah. it is Narasimha Rao and Vajpayee and the kind of turn that India has taken towards the center right economic Uh, uh, exactly. These are two issues yeah. the civilizational identity is a separate thing and the the economic progress uh, is a separate thing yeah, is it uh, completely two separate things civilizationally also socialism today china cannot talk about its civilizational ethos because of the blanket of communism that puts shackles absolutely that is the shackles that unfortunately indira gandhi can i say something just one minute i just want and you can continue your point when you say that civilizational identity and socialism these are two different things or economy is two different things no when you harken back to our civilizational past it was easy to break shackles from socialism because india as a country the soul of india is not socialist of course well the, the, i don't know I, I mean, yes. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with socialism you. was thrust on us. Yes, whole of India is not. Socialist. I agree with you. I, and, uh, I I'm agree so with sorry, her. I, I agree with her yeah. because uh, uh, this this whole concept. Then of you do you agree that India should be welfare socialism. state? No, extreme. <laughs> no, welfare state, state is, is different. different. From socialism. Well, uh, Chanakya and Chandragupta ran an extremely huh. welfare, welfare state, state that was uh, uh, huh. also very proud of its mercantile huh. community. Huh. I use the word mercantile community because we are now known. <laughs> we are, we are now known with this <laughs> mercantile harakiri uh, that uh, has come about. But anyway, this is uh, uh, the the progression that India had to make the reverse turn hmm. from the 1970s socialism to the 1990s uh, liberalism that the economy is now uh, looking at hmm. and the growth that the Indian economy is uh, riding at this point in time is because of Vajpayee's uh seeding and continue to seed on uh, and also water the seeds that uh, prime minister uh, narsimha rao planted <laughs> uh, you have to also give credit for the bipartisan uh, uh consensus that vajpayee uh, try to you know this is a different era today you know the bipartisanship is gone you know, there is no consensus on anything but um still work is being done there it's you cannot take away the 
work that was done under vajpayee and the work that is uh, being done under prime minister narendra modi i somehow wish the 10 years that was lost had it been probably prime minister pranab mukherjee or somebody else we would have seen yeah. that continuity in the no. economic policy no. i don't know i mean we don't know because i'll tell you the, the thing is the only prime minister congress would have only appointed a prime minister who would be subservient to mrs sonia yeah. gandhi yeah. and 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 pranab mukherjee would be one of them no no and even if pranab mukherjee would have been done sonia he would, would yeah, yeah. sonia nomics would have ruled not yeah. mukherjee nomics so so that i wouldn't that that is more of a indictment of sonia gandhi yeah. so to speak i agree with you then maybe indictment is not the word I was looking for, but that is yeah. more of a uh, case against Sonia Gandhi than anything. And also that the 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 BJP Delhi BJP was a little clueless. So now let's come to the misses of the Vajpayee. Uh, the we talked about the hits, but what were the misses? Um, I think to my mind, the biggest miss, the you know what he could not get his hand on. was the pakistan policy or his foreign policy he, he overall his mm. foreign policy did well with israel he did quite well and otherwise with america the first time that yeah. you know he went and said that india and america are natural allies that was vajpay that was his legacy yeah. that when he said india and america are um, in that sense narsimha rao was a little hesitant but vajpay went ahead and said but that times had changed by times had changed by then and vajpay said india and united states are natural allies there is no reason why the Uh, largest democracy of the world and oldest democracy of world should not be together and, and, and working together and i know we are talking about the misses but can i give credit to one thing that vajpayee did in and in spite of him saying that two years ago when us wrongly invaded iraq in vajpayee took a very firm position of us being neutral during that yes, war yes i remember that so that was excellent and i still uh, say the dd news had some of the finest reporting from uh, iraq at that time i think satish jacob was there yeah. because uh, american media had come turned completely jingoistic what what is what are you, are you i no, know she I, has I said to... about the vajpayee's romantic uh, uh, romanticism with of the kashmiriya um, uh, jamhuriyat insaniyat which is yeah. now um, you know like an albatross it is hanging around us because everyone <laughs> will say because it. because no one he did not define what insaniyat is he did not define this thing so what is insaniyat what comes mm-hmm. under the garb of insaniyat you know, that was one thing another thing was his whole thing is lahore bus diplomacy and yeah. all that and then he was rewarded with kargil he was and then after kargil he invited uh, musharraf again to india for the um, the uh, parliament attack uh, the agra um, no no in between the parliament attack happened. yeah agra um, summit and he left in half because they could not uh, decide on this and there are books now written about how uh, musharraf left yeah. in half because they could not decide on the words of the common statement that was to be i think so his pakistan policy he was uh, there i call him uh, a uh, inheritor of nehru mantle and i know people are not going to be very happy with that but that is the fact with pakistan hmm. he was a inheritor of N- nehru mantle which um modi has completely changed he he can be ruthless with that but um, uh, vajpayee still thought that uh, shayad ye log sudar jayenge he had given a hint on this path that he was embarking on in a speech in the parliament when he said that when i extend my hand for peace it doesn't mean that my hands are shaking it means that i am doing that from a position of strength yeah. and you have to give credit to that failing yeah, also that he did not compromise no he did not compromise that i completely agree with you when he was stabbed in the with kargil yeah. and everything we stood our ground he did not but i feel bad that he was betrayed right 
he was betrayed so many times that's what I, and he kept giving them chances and he kept getting but, betrayed but but that, that was I, why then that's not a reason to feel bad that that is a reason to but what are you, what is your observation adit because i have one uh, that i, so, I know uh, we both two, three two things, also two yeah. things one is the ic814 hijacking yeah. Yeah. a completely a complete mess of yeah. the way it was handled a yeah. complete strategic failure and blunder uh, now if that i don't know where the blame goes to the pmo the then home minister lk advani mm. but something but the kandar hijacking was a failure and the second thing politically was the india shining campaign and the advancing uh, in retrospect advancing the lok sabha elections by 6 months Yeah. Now, uh, uh, whether they had been too complacent, whether they about what BJP's position was, yeah. or whom they were influenced by for for doing this, that's 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 still debatable. And and maybe maybe during that phase, investing in the wrong advisors. Yeah. who gave, who painted probably a false picture of uh, what and if BJP had. assume power for another 5 years because it's always said that if a disruptor and vajpay was a disruptor in some sense where because he disrupted the common uh, congress i congressized indian psyche that way they need 5 years are just to probably understand what's going on and get the economy in order the other 5 years are probably for legacy building or a right of center agenda when it comes to an education policy and stuff and another another place where they messed up was the hrd ministry i know murli manohar joshi was the hrd minister mr but a lot more could have been done in that uh, that aspect. leads to my point which all three of us have often <laughs> talked about is even when a right wing government is in power they don't understand that right wing cannot just sustain on the shoulders of millions of karyakartas and millions of volunteers that converge mm-hmm. into india or do whatever uh, mm-hmm. service they have to it it gets sustained because of institutional building mm-hmm. so one of the grouses that i have had as somebody <coughs> part of uh, you know hss and abvp overseas friends of bjp so many different organizations is the lack of strategic thinking in terms of institutional building that outlast you in power vajpayee did not grab that i still remember when somebody said that why don't why doesn't bjp have media channels or you know tv channels that are supportive of the bjp vajpayee quickly apparently said that uh, who will see those channels there are not many leftists that will see your right wing channels mm-hmm. whereas your right wing will always go and see leftist channels because you are in majority and you don't like being yelled at or you're not mm-hmm. your philosophy being tossed around so that is the failing of the man who probably was at the fag end of his career and in, from an age perspective also mm-hmm. did not have that much of time left to do all of this institutional planning mm-hmm. one of my biggest grouse uh, with this government also is the hrd ministry that they have not been able to mm-hmm. look at a holistic way for mm-hmm. example you could have kendri vidyalayas and now just recently prakash javdekar made sanskrit mandatory this could have been done the first 6 months itself under smriti irani also, this is also, again something that so what you talk about media is very important because right to education because this there is <laughs> such a huge uh, issue hmm. where hindu schools and pro jain schools and pro uh, sikh and both the schools are no suffering. but but there was a media thing i have to bring up something because we know this vinod bhata writes in his book that vajpay himself and some members of his the first family at that point of time so to speak were very close to certain journalists 
who seamlessly flipped after 2004 that, that is, that is yeah. not the case with mr modi yeah. that is a big difference between vajpayee's legacy and modi's legacy yeah. at that time of course that there could and, and and whether that remains or not i don't we, we'll know. discuss modi in 20 years when modi's career would have been at yeah. the near end and at the legacy point where no, we, no, we would then maybe, be able maybe, to say no maybe narendra modi is learning from the mistakes made in that exactly. time so it, i am not saying that modi is different from vajpayee modi was very much a part of the bjp at that time it, and some mistakes he could have been involved in also exactly and if the center right dispensation has to survive and be in vogue for the next 2025 years mm. there has to be investments in social uh, renaissance cultural renaissance intellectual renaissance and that is what i'm talking about mm. certain institutions organizations and many such an such individuals who are doing individual work have to be brought brought around to um, you know create an ecosystem mm. just like the left is created a 60 year old ecosystem that even today the <coughs> congress can safely rely on <coughs> what has the bjp and rss uh, uh done in terms so that that is what the legacy Absolutely. is all about mm. so and and that's what yeah But this overall, discussion a positive is legacy. Of overall, course, an absolutely positive and, and legacy. To... A towering personality, a great orator. I mean, I was, I still cry buckets when I hear Hindu ji one, Hindu, Hindu Tanman. Or I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I just, I, I, I planted absolutely. A, my personal no, no. experience is, I planted uh, that uh, flag. and i actually uh, saw him speak on the uh, dais in 97 wow. uh, oh. in hubli karnataka when he was at his oratory his oratory was amazing amazing it was amazing. raining and people still started running and and, and two important parts <laughs> of vajpayee and advani's legacy yeah. for that matter leaving strong state leaders in two th- uh, when they left yeah. or i mean advani yes. uh, vajpayee yes. and yes. another thing although his kashmir policy was botched the first prime minister in a lot long time to have the first free and fair election held in kashmir in 2002 that's another which very... probably they knew they were going to lose yeah and you know that that is that is another huge and legacy and at a great beginning to right wing politics to india to have somebody like vajpayee hmm. like by all hmm. statement somebody who had a very poetic uh, way of uh, looking at both positives and negatives it's a great legacy to so, leave behind yeah uh, we'll quickly go to the recommendation and then sunanda is going to end with uh, a couple of lines uh, yeah. from vajpayee there is and, and nobody in the world who can match vajpayee's uh-huh. um, so, so, so promote your recommendation for this week because i have a feeling that means sunanda might have the same recommendation no that's why i changed my recommendation watch, because i know what you're going to recommend watch <laughs> no, this movie called uh, war dogs it's on yeah. red box i don't know if it's available on other uh, medium it's about the military industrial complex of the united states yeah other than i both watched a film yesterday but i'm yeah. going to let adit uh, recommend that if he wants no to. you also should talk about it we ended up in the same screen actually i know uh-huh. but i i want to recommend something else i'll let you talk about it but i want to recommend foreign affairs mm-hmm. is doing foreign affairs magazine has done a remarkable bunch of stories for last 15 days on collapse of soviet union these are beautiful stories these are beautiful picture stories and um you know um memoirs of people who saw soviet union yeah. collapsing mm-hmm. this is this is a remarkable series that foreign affairs magazine has done i recommend everyone to see um you know read it Mm-hmm. that's uh, this thing and then we watched other than i both watched the movie dangal yesterday dangal yeah unplanned, unplanned. <laughs> we ended up in the same, same theater or oh, you didn't watch taimur uh, uh, no watch dangal and we were uh, i i just uh, it was a bucket yeah i know she she myself. came outside we met outside the theater and sunanda gave me a hug and she was crying, crying. after the movie <laughs> no but uh, the movie is a phenomenal film yeah. uh, 
the best film of 2016 in my opinion and um, you have to give credit where the sports sequences were so well shot i mean i have seen some of the bouts in 2010 and stuff and uh, i watched wrestling like in the olympics and all but the way it was shot it seemed so real i mean you were out of your seat and uh, the the performances of the actors some of them are newcomers the four newcomers were just outstanding and including amir khan who emotes so much through his eyes yeah. and mm. special special mention for the last scene yeah. when the national yeah. anthem plays and so forth uh, if if you are not moved by that last scene then i mean it's it's just amazing so watch that movie uh, and sunanda so we end this podcast i i always cry when i see this when i <laughs> so what four lines, lines are you reading because just, we can't read the whole uh, no i'm just going to read four lines from his poem hindu tanman ha and i'm just I, going to say i have a feeling i know which ones mai veer putra meri janani ke jagati mein johar apar अकबर के पुत्रों से पूछो क्या याद उन्हें मीना बाजार क्या याद उन्हें चित्तौड़ दुर्ग में जलने वाली आग प्रखर जब हाय सहस्त्रो माताएं तिल तिल कर जल कर हो गई अमर ये बुझने वाली आग नहीं रग रग में उसे समाये हूँ यदि कभी अचानक फूट पड़े विप्लव लेकर तो क्या विस्मय हिंदू तन मन हिंदू जीवन रग रग हिंदू मेरा परिचय पूछो अकबरों के अकबर के पुत्रों से ग्रेट मैन अमेजिंग लेगेसी लॉट टू लर्न lots to and and before we end i forgot we forgot to address him properly bharat ratna prime minister atal bihari vajpayee happy birthday happy birthday very long life yeah on this note uh, this is this is adit kapadia signing off we'll see you next week and thank you for all the suggestions for podcast 100.0 keep them coming we are truly inspired we'll keep on uh, talking more to you guys about it